Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. We're coming out of Philippians 3. In a moment in life that it's, it's not very favorable for the person that is writing, but it's in the favor of God. It's not favorable on the, on the taste and the, what the person would love to or long to be living, but it was in the purpose of God, and that's why it's eternal. That's why we are over 2,000 years later looking at it with awe and standing in the wonder, not wondering anymore in the wonder of what was happening in that place. Paul is our cousin for the day, and he writes to the Philippians while he was in jail. Further, my brothers, Philippians 3, 1 to 9. Further, my brothers and sisters, very inclusive, rejoice in the Lord like it was easy. It, I mean, he's writing from jail, so I think you got it better. I think you got it better, yo. Who has been in jail can say you got it better. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. It is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs. For those that are today feeling very apprehensive about how people just reflect on who you are and how you will feel about their comments. People back in the day were made from a different type of material. They were not so fancy. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. I'll explain that in a minute. For it is we who are the circumcision. We are the circumcision. We who serve God by His Spirit, who boast on Jesus or Christ Jesus better, who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh I have more I love Paul he's very humble Um, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin of the tribe of Benjamin and a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law a Pharisee as for seal persecuting the church and as for righteousness based on the law faultless but Whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faithful, faith in, in, say to someone next to you, in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Father, we need you. You do you. Show our enemies who you are. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Out of the bat, dressed for the times. It's going to be the title we're going to be going under today. And um, it's funny how sometimes in our world, in our circumstances, we want to we want to show how we are dressed, how we are presented, how we show up into the situation. Sometimes we show how are we dressed emotionally. Sometimes we think we have to show the devil how we dressed spiritually, because God knows. So if you go and pray, try to show God how you dress spiritually, he knows. So don't try that. Don't do it at home, kids. But sometimes we try that with the devil. And the devil sometimes will say, I know. And he probably would add to the equation what you're showing. He said, no, no, you got, you got a ties, you got some better shoes, and uh, I've seen the times on your life, and you're about to hit something, and it's going to be great. But we don't listen to the devil in that sense. We're trying to defend, and sometimes because we have a talk, he will have a talk. Sometimes when we're facing situations in life, we think we have to show a presentation. In the days that we're living today, the way that you present yourself is so strong that it has become everything. People will buy how you look before they know who you are. And it's so difficult because God doesn't look at the appearance. When God was ready to shift times in your life, in the times, in the times of the kings in Israel, he was ready and he was ready outside of what we would perceive. He said, you judge things how you perceive them, but I judge the heart. In the times that we're living, that has become an idol. And we are dressed for the times, but we have to decide in what way. Are we dressed on idols or are we dressed in Christ? Paul was trying to talk to the people of Philippi. While he was losing on their sight, he was winning for us all. He was multiplying freedom while he was in jail. But that didn't look good. That wouldn't sell nowadays. If you were in jail and you were trying to actually preach freedom, people would not buy it. People would start thinking, what did you do to be there? But Paul was so bold that he was outside of the times and completely outside of the circumstances, but hanging from the truth. And the truth is a person, and we know that we're dressed for these times, and we're going to go through it. We have a couple of points, and we're going to talk about what we started, presentation. And presentation and appearance are different things. Presentation is how I'm standing. Appearance is what I want others to think of me. That's first. Second, we're going to talk about desires, and we're going to marry it with the verses. We're going to go against being desired. That calls God. Desires are our flesh. Being desired has to do with God. Are you aiming for being desired or your desires? Just for, for you to chew on it. Third point, we're going to talk about calling because we have worship on the shrine of thinking that we are worth Christ. But Christ chose us. So presentation, desires, so being desirable and our calling. Fourth, we're going to talk about opposition Versus gift. And third, fourth, fifth, excellency. In the basis of eternity. We're going to go really quick through all of this. Further, I have talked already 
you know already. No one in this room is coming out of the blue. We all have a faith that has been nurtured. Sometimes it was nurtured by a brother, a sister, a cousin, or you went to this kind of old school gyms that had like the roaring, you know, kind of like soaring eagle on the back, on the poster. Say, I can do all things through Christ and strengthen me. And you're like 85, if that's you. Nowadays, they just have cameras and mirrors just for you to look at your strength instead of looking at God. Anyways, for thought for those that are into the gym, sex say amen. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice. I'm not asking you, I'm ordering you rejoice from my prison, from my weakness. I am asking you to apply Christ into your nature, into your understanding, into your observation. Rejoice further. I've talked already, but I'm saying it again. I don't have any trouble saying it again. He understands and he explains it later. But he says further, although I have said it before, I want you to keep on applying Christ to your circumstance. Rejoice in him. Rejoice in the Lord. And this week probably brought things into your life that you wanted to hang from you. You wanted to understand it yourself. But he is reminding us that the gospel that lives in us, that we live for that we are slaves of means rejoice because he's in the room. It doesn't matter what's happening in the room. He's in the room. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. He's in your life. He's keeping you. He's observing you. And we, are, we ought to understand our lives through him. Rejoice. It is no trouble for me to write the same things again. You know when you look at your dog or your daughter or your brother, sister, wife. You say, I know. I have three people in my life that keep on saying the same things most of the time. And they will blame me for that, but it's okay. We can forgive and forget. My daughter, my wife, and my dog. All female. I'm very inclusive, so I'm going to let it go. And I said, I told you. And every time I want to say, I know. But then they're stronger and wiser than me, so they will tell, and why you didn't. It's exactly what Zach would tell me, you know, about my burpees. But people are broken, so you have to accept them all. I have no trouble saying this again in front of all of you. But watch out for those that actually keep the flesh. And when he says about that, watch out for those dogs and those evildoers and those mutilators of the flesh. It's talking about the people that were preaching circumcision in the physical, but not talking about the circumcision of the heart. We're very big of talking about the things that we cannot do outside, but we're very little. We're very small on talking about the things that are the motivations of our hearts. And Paul was after a bigger thing, an eternal thing, the thing that actually goes to heaven, the motivations, our hearts, our soul. He was saying, you will lose this body any day. You get beaten up, you get locked in jail, but hey, woe unto those that preach that kind or circumcision. I'm preaching a circumcision that comes through Christ. And it's a circumcision that comes to cut out what is non-fertile from you, from your faith, from your life, from your situation, from your understanding. 
what doesn't derive you to Christ, I'm coming to cut that. Woe unto those that preach you the external, the ways that you're moving outside only, and they don't take it into your character. They don't take it into your mindset. They don't take it into your thought life. They don't take it about how you're doing with your finances, with your relationships. What are we doing? Are we circumcised in Christ? Or are we circumcised by the law? This is essentially what Paul was saying. I'm not talking to you. But he was actually saying, hey, if I was talking about presentation and that's external, I'm Jew of Jew, Hebrew of Hebrew. I have all the rights. I'm sealers in the law. I have persecuted those that would not follow it. I have been born in the right day from the right tribe, from the right area, and I've been circumcised. I have cut my external on the right day what is acceptable to those that will be naysayers. We today would say haters. Or Londoners. What will you do when you are doing cleaning up outside, but God is looking for the inside? And God is asking us today to be dressed up for the times, and we cannot dress outside. Christ dressed us up inside. And that's the mystery of what we live. While our external as the, is decaying, like Paul was explained to us, and we know, we look in the mirror every day and we say, like, that was not there. There's a white hair coming out and there's a little wrinkle in there that, and that doesn't look so sexy and you like looks in the other. Or maybe your wound is not healing the right way. I might be talking about your emotions. I might be talking about your physical. I might be talking about your finances. Brace crisis into you. When you invite Christ into your situation, he comes into every area, into every room. But you're dressed for this season. You're dressed for the times. We are loving the, the saints, you know, in this season. In every season, we will worship you. But what about the times? We love the now, the season. Now we are coming out of summer. We're going into winter. People are dreading that we're going to have to wear more stuff on top of stuff. You're wearing jackets on top of your shame. And you are trying to hide things all day some of us actually dread summer because we don't want to be seen some of us don't actually go to the dentist because we don't want to open our mouth and see what we have not done chew on that if you have anything to <laughs> that was too quick but he's saying hey yo mutilators of the flesh but Paul is trying to derive us into a better pier into a better port He's saying, it's not about the presentation only. Don't keep an appearance. I want to talk about your desires because those things are dangerous. God gave us the ability to desire things. Do you know that? So away with that teaching that if, you know, Buddhism says you have to strip yourself from everything, you know, you have to strip yourself from desiring all things. No, that's not true. God made you with the ability to desire, but are you desiring after him? Or you desiring after the flesh? Sure not. We, we have to move away from desires to desiring what is good. And when we desire what God wants, we are desired or desirable by God. Being desirable is more than actually not doing what is wrong. It's having the right motivations in our heart. It's not about coming on a Sunday. 
It's allowing God to work through the word in the Monday, in the Tuesday. It's allowing conviction to set in us. That while we are actually serving breakfast, having a shower, the Lord will be able to convict us. This is necessary. And we'll say, you know what? I want you to pay attention to that feeling. I think we can move on from there. We become more desirable. God loves us. He saves us. But we got to move from the desires and this apathy that we call grace to move on in power by grace to becoming more desirable of the presence of God. How much of the presence you desire? Because that tells you how desirable you are in the presence of God. If you feel condemned, you're justifying your flesh. And I love the silence on Hope and Anchor. Because we're living in a world that wants to justify the flesh. But God, aim for us to be desirable in his presence. While we're battling from the flesh into God and God into the flesh, we're coming from presentation into appearance and we're trying to fight that. We move into seasons of a little bit of maturity and we go through calling. And for a little bit already, the church has been so intoxicated around the world with what is my calling? What is it that I have? And you sit on your own table without sharing it. You don't understand that your calling is supposed to be another piece in the puzzle. It's supposed to serve the body of Christ. And Paul is trying to convey with us that while he's trapped, he's still a puzzle on the table. He's still understanding that his position is not being given away. He still has a valid place, but he has to die to his flesh and to the lack of commodity and comfort that he's living. And maybe so we. Maybe we're looking at situations in our life that are not comfortable. And distractions are coming in every direction. But we have to focus. Salvation is not for comfort. Salvation is for us to serve Christ. Salvation is for us to become disciples, not to have a club. Salvation is going to cost us everything because he gave everything for us. Salvation is Christ. And this is what it means to wear Christ. That is not about the presentation and it's definitely not about our appearance. It is not about what we desire because that would lead us astray all the time. It is about Christ, wearing Christ. Paul is in the middle of the, one of the worst situations that we would be today. And he's wearing Christ so strong that he's trying to actually convey to us what true freedom is in the midst of his lack. And maybe this week we have been looking at what we lack and what we don't have. Because those are different things most of the day. Sometimes you don't know what you want. Nowadays, we don't know what we want to ask God. That's why we don't pray. We are scared of the presence of God because we don't know how to address Him. But God is wanting a church that is able to be dressed for the times. And the times are demanding a church that is able to think. Not to be told what to think. Not to be told what to feel. Not to be told what to do, what they're thinking or they're feeling. 
because they have Christ. They are dressed in Christ for the season and the times. You're not going to be circumstantial. That's seasons. And we celebrate that. We sing about that. But we want to be dressed for the times. That's what the world will learn. We want the world to actually learn what Christ is like in the midst of their situation because we are standing there. It is not what we like and what we feel polished with. It is Christ in us. It's not our desires. It's how much we create a desire for Him in the streets, in our house, with our kids, with our neighbors. It is Christ. So we're going to have opposition. Ah, oh, we have a calling. I am called to do this. Yes, yeah, show me Christ. Don't show me your identity fixed on that. Show me Christ. Because if not, you're going to face opposition. And opposition is the same as gift most of the days. Show me your gift and I'll show you the area in your life you've been opposed by the devil, by your neighbor, by your cousin, by your mother, by your sister, by anyone. Show me your gift, I'll show you your opposition. Show me your opposition, I will point out your gift. Most of the times we say, God, I don't want this opposition, I don't want this situation. And God says, yeah, you do. But because we don't take the time, we never see that our opposition is pointing out our gift. Our nakedness is pointing out how blessed and clothed in Christ He observes us to be, but we are not paying attention. Focus. We're dressed for the times, church. Stop looking down on what Christ has done in you and start believing on the cross blessed you in a such a way that sometimes it takes a whole lifetime to understand. That the same spirit that lived Jesus from the, from the grave and we love to sing about, we love to say those things in between us because if we say in the street is weird. But the same spirit that quickened him. And in the Bible when it says quicken, it means it moving into action. Lives in you. Show me your actions. Let the spirit quicken you. Are you settling for less? That what the Spirit is quickening you for? Are you quickening into conversation or are you quitting? While you're in the, in the queue for the supermarket, you know, you, are you too busy looking for a barcode? Or are you looking for the bars that are enclosing your brother, your sister in front of you, mate? Are you looking? You're dressed for this. You're dressed for the times. In season and out of season, you're called to be an oak of righteousness. You will bring fruit. You plant it near to the waters. Your roots go deep. Your roots and your, and, and, your, and your branches go over the walls and limitations of the other generations. And that's you. And that's great to hear. But what are you going to do with that promise? Are you wearing Christ? Or you are just a tourist in your own life? Because this is what is supposed to be meaning. It's supposed to be dealing with us in such a way that it produces action. But action produces opposition. Opposition in what? Well, we could go through the roof and say, hey, God has anointed me. And those are very Christianese words to say, hey, I'm really good at this. No one knows in my family why I'm good at this, but I'm good at this. I'm really good at dealing with problems. I stay cool. 
you know, I, when, I, when I do what I do it, I'm really good at it. And people say, yeah, wow. The other day I was walking into my house. My son is one of those people that you just want to hit them with the casserole over the head, you know. He never, man, this is the guy. I mean, I'm going to explain that. I love you, son. This guy doesn't touch the guitar ever. Disgusting. And all of a sudden, you know, I mean, like, I come in, and they're having breakfast, right? And Gimel had the best idea. One day out of a thousand, he brought the guitar down, and he's just, you know, he's just going at it like he was like, yo, Bon Jovi is a little kid, you know? We're talking about Bon Jovi, Led Zeppelin. We're talking about Nirvana. We're talking about all sorts. I mean, all these guys shake him up. Gibbon, way better. You know these people that are too good and you want to hate them? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, you make it look easy, I hate you. You know, I barely can grab either the neck of the guitar or, or swing it with a little bit of decency. You know what I mean? Like, but these people that make life look super simple and they do everything you want to do, but you don't. I come into my house. God forbid, it's presence of God. Oh, I come in and it's like, What's going on? And then I hear my son, ring. And I'm like, who's here? I start thinking of several of you guys coming and visit very early. So I start saying, oh my God, who the, what? what are they doing here? You know, like, go away. Anyways, no, that's my flesh. That's my flesh. That's my, me not being dressed in Christ, yeah? And all of a sudden, I open the door of the kitchen, and Gimel is like worshiping and singing. And I'm like, yo, why you didn't do that before? And maybe that's what heaven is wondering. I know, it was, it was a bit too brutal. Why have you been doing you? Why haven't you? Because you move things and you're clothed in Christ. You were designed to move mountains, to understand things and to reveal them into the world, to your sidewalks, to your friendships, to your families. What have you done? Have you been taking care of representation? Maybe the acceptance, you know, an appearance? Or have you been taking care in you, the hope of glory. Opposition and your gift will always come against, yes, your anointing, but it also use your past to battle your future. It will use what you've done. It will use what you have gone through to be able to kick out of the way what God wants to do with you now. And it makes you lose distraction and traction. It makes you be distracted and it makes you lose the traction, the strength, the impetus, the speed that you should be having right now. Opposition. But last point on opposition is your identity. And in your identity, it's not only what you're good at. And we're not talking about genders, like the world is simplistic and waters down to it. We're talking about who God sees you to be. We're not going to sugarcoat what the world wants to touch. It is what God said it is. Done. This is the type of church we are. Zero transaction. 
zero tolerance on any way possible. Because there's a deeper, a deeper well we have to be, not looking into those fake small pods where it should be focused. Our identity is based in Christ and who he sees us to be. And that's not even your talents and your gifts. It's how he sees you. And that talks about your heart. Your identity is based on your heart. David could do so many things. Saul could do so many other things. Saul sinned less than David if we go into the Bible. We have so many studies about that, so I'm not going to bore you with that. You can go and study in your own time. But God was looking for something deeper. How David saw himself in front of God. He saw himself as a worshiper. We are dressed with the worship of the season and the times that we're living. You better believe it. You have what it takes to go into the streets with the things that you have not seen God terminate and finish and close the loop and say, I am in the midst of this, but he has been so faithful. And no one like you to explain that story to someone that is in the midst of it. I was walking my dogs this morning, like I usually do in the morning early. And there's a park that everyone walks their dogs. And I hate it because my dogs are ADD. And they run in different directions. And I, and I, and I walk them with one, one string, you know, because if not, you know, I could just go bonkers. They, you know. And I'm not so loving. I look loving, but I'm not so loving. So I have... At that hour of the morning, it's very little Christ and a lot of Chris in the pot, you know. So I'm just going to walk him because I know it's a good thing. Like when we go to church, you know, we're just going to sing that song because I know it's a good thing to sing, but I don't believe it. Or maybe when you are tempted during the week, you know, like you're saying, you know, I'm not going to do that. It's not because I'm holy. It's because they will see me. Am I going to have any real Christians today here like that are going to say, hey, yeah, amen, Chris, it's true. Can I have an amen? Like something for free. I will give you a cookie, mate, for this one, yeah? Hello, if you want to have entertainment, I will do that later. But I'm going to preach the gospel because that's the reality of it. So I didn't want to go to the blooming park. And God said, go to the park. And I'm like, no. And the dogs started pulling that way. And I said, from the devil, this beast from, you know. Amen. There you go. And the Lord said, go to the park. And I said, okay, you're the king. And I was whining about a lot of things. I was faking praying, but I was whining really about a lot of things. And the Lord said, shut up, go to the park. Because that's what we do. We even fake it in front of God. And he said, like, enough. Shut up, mate. Blah. Puke it from my mouth. Go into the park. I got better things to do with you. I didn't invest all that in you for you to just whine through the street and think about your own little story. So go to the park. Okay, I'll go to the park. And then I go into the park. They would say in Germany. I see this guy kind of praying. And he's smoking pretty much. You know, like, going for it. Like, and it was not a cloud of glory. It was proper, a proper, you know, vaping moment. You know, one of those that you say, like, you did that so quick. Like, there's a lot of smoke, very little of you. What, what really happened? You have a machine behind you? 
Anyway, you're killing yourself. Like, okay, what's going on? And God said, talk to him. And I just take one of my headphones. And he's, be still and know that the Lord is in control. It was better while he was listening that I was listening, bro. I needed to hear his song. No, the song that I was listening to on Spotify. And he was, he was in front of God. He had closed his eyes. He didn't see me coming. And I'm like, not doing that. And I blame all the dogs because they were pulling me onto the other side because there was someone else coming with the dogs. So they're like attracted. They sniff each other. I don't know. Dogs do that thing. But there was presence of God. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to remind Chris that you're close in Christ. And this is sometimes the most important thing that we can do in a day. To remind ourselves that we're dressed for the times that we're living. We have what our streets need. God was stronger. Per usual, he leaves. And he's the king, and he wins all the battles. So I just went back. And I said, yo, nice song, eh? And the guy looked at me. I was, had two dogs. So he, my dogs are, like, beautiful. So he was not afraid of the dogs. He's probably more afraid of me. And he was like, yo, nice song, eh? And he looked at me like, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, he loves you, man. And he started crying. And he started crying, and I started crying. And the dogs are looking at me, the, lo- the dogs are looking at him, you know. And we're all crying, like, and there's other ladies coming, you know, and, and she knows me because she, she's an old lady with another dog, and she says every Sunday in the morning, hi, you know, like, I'm that guy. And she started looking at me, like, what's going on, you know. It's like, and we were crying, and we were just crying in the park. This is what we do in London, mate. It is what it is. And um, I didn't know what else to say. So I said, can I hug you, man? I said, please. So I hugged this guy. The guy starts crying more. We cry ugly together with, like, the dogs. They sat down. They, they laid down. You know, they just, like, this is not our thing. You know, it is what it is. These people are just being humans. And he said, I, I have walked away from Christ. And I said, well, but he has not walked away from you. Sometimes we don't want to go into situations we don't know who is in us and you have difficult weeks and some weeks you want to kill people and that probably is me but some other people you want to hug others you know what I mean like it, it depends on the moment but Christ Christ is what we're clothed in he's not only what we present we are desired by him. He's our calling. He's our point of view. Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul was so vicious about the things that we desire because most of the times those are the things that steal us from the focus of who Christ is. I desired to be quiet and I desired to go on my way. I needed to walk this beast and I needed to go home. I had things to do. But Christ said, this one that I love, he has been looking for me. 
He thinks he lost me, but I have found him. Put away the desires of your flesh. I don't know what you're desiring. It might look good to you. It might have been good in the last season. It might not even be a sin on what we understand sin, but is it what the Spirit is desiring you to have? What is it that we are cherishing? What He desires in us or what we in our flesh desire? The devil came after Jesus had been fasting and he said, you can, you can convert these stones into bread. And Jesus could have done that. He had done even more before. But it was not in the timing. It's not what we got to use it for our own resources. It's what he desires from us. It is the focus. We're dressed for the times, not only for the seasons. It is not only in a personal matter that we have Christ. It's Christ not for us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Our faith goes beyond our age, beyond our knowledge, beyond our wisdom, beyond our desires, beyond our cravings. And all those are real and God-given on a good matter. But Christ needs to be the center. We are dressed in Christ, not in the times. We're dressed for the times, but we're not dressed on the times. Let not the times dress you. You are dressed for the times. You have the power for today. Our today is not supposed to be said about us. We're supposed to be going for it in full-on power. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It is Christ. It is not only a presentation. It is not only that we're desired. It's not only that we're anointed at coil. It's not only, only all those things. Don't focus on your opposition that you forget who you are. I preach Christ to me. I don't know if you're like we are like me. Sometimes in the park I say, Chris, Christ. I'm showering. And I'm like fighting with so many ideas, you know, and like, Lord, but you saw, and, 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 and I said, but Christ, Chris, I remember my flesh, my desires, who Christ is. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you're not perfect. Maybe we're not in the prison, but maybe we're not perfect either. And we have to remind ourselves that we are dressed for the times and with this we close. With our identity, God said that he has hidden in us the gift of eternity. And as we have the worship time, come back and lead us. And as we prepare ourselves for communion, we have to ponder on what is worth in us. What is it that eternity means for each one of us? in the scope, in the view of who Christ is. Because that would lead us into our last point, excellency. Paul said right there in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2, he talked about, you know, these this momentary moments or things that go wrong or challenges or trials, depends on your translation. All these things that we go through, are so small compared to the excellency of his glory. We are dressed in the type of glory this times need. 
As a Christian, you have to be able to grab the moment and understand he clothed you with the glory you need for today. There's some days that you will love to give a smart remark or just write an email or a message, several messages. Depends on your life. This week I've been struggling so much with anger. Oh my God, for the longest time I didn't struggle that much. I've seen injustice upon injustice and I could have said something about it, but the Holy Spirit would say, shh. And I'm like, yo, Lord, because you have to add that when you're talking with God. But you know. He said, I didn't ask you. Because I do know. Shh. But God, I know who I am. But what if? Do you trust me? It is easy to show how we're dressed when everything is going our way. It is easy when we're not surrounded with difficulties. It is easy when we're not surrounded with injustice. But the word said that he surrounded us with the righteousness that comes from God. When Adam had sinned and he went on his little parade to look for leaves, to look at what leaves could cover him up and Eve. He was picking from what was life, but in his endeavor to cover himself, he killed his covering. So it looked good for a season, but it was not for the times. And sometimes we fall in love with what we can do for God. But God is saying, I want this to last. Do not cover your season. You're dressed with the pain of the times. Sometimes we want to hide our pain. Not understanding that that same pain will be used to unlock the shells and the cells of many. Your insecurities and your fears are tailored to the capacity he has given you to know his glory. You're dressed on the glory that the world needs to see. Do not escape it. Do not unvalue it. Do not extract the value. Do not devalue it. Don't think less of it. Christ in you. He's dressed for this time. Some of us think that the things that we're facing today are too difficult. Some of us actually think that the stories in the Bible will not apply to us. Some of us will actually think that the Bible is outdated. Some of us would think that the, 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 the translations will be polluted and diluted, but where is Christ in you? You will only be looking at translations if you have no relationship with Christ. Christ proves himself true. Christ. If he was good to, tempt, to keep you out from temptation and say that's wrong, he's good to help you understand translation in a way that is holy. And it separates you from your flesh because that's what he does. Colossians 3 says, put on them as God chosen ones, the ones that he has separated, holy as those that he loves and those that belong 
put on compassionate hearts. You don't have one. God is not looking for your compassion. He said, put my compassion on. Away with all legalism that makes you feel inadequate. God said, put me. Put on compassionate hearts and put kindness. And put humility on. And put meekness. You don't hold it. It's not you they're looking for. It's Christ. And patience. That's a difficult prayer. Bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Ah, so difficult. As the Lord has forgiven you. Oh, thank you, Lord. So you also must forgive the cross. So we put Christ on. We're dressed with the cross of the season. We're dressed with the glory of the season. We're dressed with the pains of the season. We're dressed with the oil of the season. We're dressed with the compassion and the kindness and the meekness and the forgiveness that the season demands from us because it's Christ in us. We don't want small thoughts. We don't want little light thoughts that inspire us. We don't want 20 second Christ in our pockets. We want the deep wells of forgiveness and grace and meekness. We need to spend time with him to be able to put his forgiveness on, and his compassion, because it doesn't come naturally to us. And some of us want the microwave version of Christ. And we have heard it before, and we hate when people say that. But if you hate it, it's because you're getting it. When you're in love with the process, you don't mind him looking at our hearts and our motivations. You have been long-suffering from the disease of liberal grace. You're in this room. And God didn't come to be liberal with you. He, made to, he came to make you whole. So away with staying sick. Away with staying afraid. Stand up. Stand up to be who he made you to be. There's a grace that empowers us. There's a type of Christ that is not religious, that is full of mercy, that is not a sculpture, but it's alive, that is oil into your wounds and victory over your past. There is a man that came and died for each one of us, and we know, and that's our problem. We don't take him serious in the daily. We think we got Christ. But we need him every day. Ah, I understand Christ. Do we? Ah, but this is condemning. But at least it's truth. If you're feeling bad, that's on you. I'll ask you always, what part of you is feeling bad? Your flesh or your spirit? 
Jesus is definitely canceling tonight. I, I crossed all the lines today. All of it. What is it going to be? Is it going to be the times? Or is it going to be the Christ in you for the times? What is going to be informing you? Are you dressed in the times? Or are you dressed for the times? Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.